Hey dudes, another ad here. I'm pretty sure it's the same as the first one, but I'm just going to read what they tell me. Uh, if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. Okay, it's all bullet points. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. That's actually how I'm recording this right now. I do everything through my phone. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's absolutely true. I just don't know how to get the money that I have banked. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Mandatory call to action. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's anchor.fm to get started. All right, fuckos, back to your regular scheduled bullshit podcast. Hey, fuckos, I'm going to re-record this ad just in case you've been listening to a bunch of episodes and it's gotten a little scale. I'll try to freshen it up for you. So here we go, round two. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. Like, how do I record an episode? How do I get my show into all the apps people like to listen? And most importantly, how do I make money from my podcast? Well, the answer to that and every one of those questions is really simple, and it's Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's entirely free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now with this ad. One to two sentences about how do you like to use Anchor. I like Anchor because it's an app on my phone and that's all I need. You don't even need a microphone. You can just talk into your phone and it'll record it. You can check all the analytics. You can do all the editing straight on the device you're recording from. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and make money doing so, go to anchor.fm slash start. That's anchor.fm slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. And I can't wait to hear your bullshit podcast as well. Hello, Wildcats. New episode of Wrestling with Myself. Myself be a hacker, Scotty O'Shea. And if you got that reference I just made, saying, Hello, Wildcats. Kudos to you. If you haven't, I'm going to explain it to you because they just thought about it before I uh, started recording this. It's a solo cast, by the way, so if you're waiting for a guest to talk, they ain't gonna. Uh, but that, Hello, Wildcats, was a video I found years ago. And it looks like, let me just set the stage for you guys before I tell you to go searching for it. I don't even know what I would be called. But me and my buddy were obsessed with it for the longest time. To this day, we still greet each other from time to time saying, Hello, Wildcats! And I'm assuming it's this guy that works at a college, and I'm assuming their sports team is called Wildcats, or else the reference makes even less sense. But when you see this video, this man looks like, uh, like Uncle Fester with a wig on. He's in uh he's in a shirt that's far too big and not ironed. And he tells you he gives like instructional cooking videos for you know the the college what do you call it, classes? No, that's the fucking dorm rooms and whatnot. That's what I'm trying to get at. God damn it, this is terrible already. 
for like the broke college kids, and he gives like little instructional videos about uh, I don't know just how to save money with uh, certain meals, but. It's hardly an instructional video because he's basically just putting things in the microwave, but he makes like a six minute video out of it. And the one, my favorite one, I got to fucking find this. Let me look. Okay. Hello. Wildcats. Cooking. Uh, instructional. I'll never spell that right. Video. Fucking nailed it. All right. So I'm not the only one looking for it because his three videos pop up immediately it's not like oh did you mean no these people knew google knew exactly what i meant it's called weber cooks that's right and yeah so my favorite one is he literally has a can of chili opens it has a bottle of cheese whiz puts it in the microwave then dumps it into each other and then has nacho chips and it's just like this is what you can eat but how his whole verbiage of talking and stuff is just so funny Remember at one point he goes, this will feed three to uh, seven people. It will satisfy a group. It's a three-minute video. Oh, Wildcat. There it is. This is Let me start that over again so you get the full effect. Hello, Wildcats. This is Weaver Cooks. And today we're doing uh, chili cheese nachos. This man looks like he's doing this while held at gunpoint, uh, by the way. You got to watch chili. it. It's so good. And open it up. I feel and like it's a prank that I'm not in on. What's this one? Writing's not that easy. A fucking but ad. Grammarly can help. This sentence Give me is a grammatically correct. Hello, Wildcat. This is Weaver Cooks, and today we're cooking spaghetti. Spaghetti. We'll Pischetti. By taking some this one's pretty quick. That's only a two-minute video on how to make spaghetti. Are in the microwave. But like typically on like cooking instructional videos, somebody'll have like they'll have a bunch of bowls of shit, chopped up onions, whatnot, they'll have a hot plate, some olive oil, salt, pepper. This guy has a microwave and nothing else essentially. If he's like today we're making tacos, he has the box of tacos and a microwave. Go out of your way, look for it. Or um yeah, sorry about that. I just got uh, caught off guard, and I had to share that with you. Hello, Wildcats! You just gotta see the guy, though. He looks like, uh... Like, he almost looks like a CGI animated person. Before CGI, I got really good, like, Toy Story 1 style. You know, they haven't worked out the kinks yet. But, uh, sorry I missed the podcast last week, if you even fucking care. Like, people are refreshing their iTunes, looking for it weekly. But last week, I don't even have an excuse. The week just got away from me. I got nothing to say to it. Uh, I think the last podcast would have been the Office podcast with Puff, which actually got a ton of downloads. And that's not no surprise to me, I guess, because I know how popular and how much I love the Office. But I don't. I didn't know I had so many listeners that liked it. So whether you're a fan or I turn you into a fan, I hope you're enjoying it. It's the best show going, and they're taking it off Netflix in a couple. I think next January. So get those views in. I could cancel Netflix, in all honesty. I seriously thought about it. Like, if I, if they didn't have The Office, could I get rid of Netflix and not miss it? And I think I could. Because I got the Android box, and I could find everything on there. So essentially, you could be saying, well, why can't you find The Office on there? I can. But Netflix is like playlist of how when you start an episode, and it just continues playing all day long. You know, 
like my Android box, I have to every 22 minutes after an episode, I gotta do a couple clickies and get another one going, and that's the worst part. Netflix just lets you binge, and I even have it on my one computer. If I watch it downstairs in the room I'm in currently, there's an app you can download or an extension for Google Chrome that disables the Netflix thing where it asks you, hey, are you still watching? It just lets me watch forever, for all eternity. It'll never ask me if I'm still watching because you know what, Netflix? I'm always watching. Uh, Puff, yeah, Puff stayed over that night. I can't remember what we did the next day. I can't remember. There was no wrestling that week. That's right. Because we were leading up to the big Summer Slam weekend. And uh, by all accounts, it sounded like every show did good. You know, NSW sounded like it sucked and uh, it sounded like the union wasn't the greatest. But still, the average attendance was probably amazing. It looked like every Smash show did well. OWE, fucking WXW, Progress, that whole conglomerate of shows. It sounded like they all did great. Destiny did great. Superkick did great. Luch T.O. did fantastic by the looks of it. So all in all, it was a super successful weekend. And I'm, I'm happier than a pig in shit to hear it. Because, you know what? I'll be honest. It was going to be hilarious from an outsider looking in if all the shows did shitty. Which, by talking to everybody, I'm talking wrestler-wise, everybody thought that's how it was going to be. We all thought there was going to be too many, uh, too much variety. And we'd all wa everything would be watered down and every show would just do okay. You know? mediocre numbers but it sounds like we were off and every show did fucking great and that's awesome because that just proves that not only is independent wrestling on fire that ontario independent wrestling is on fire and let's even narrow that down like the gta area of pro wrestling was on fire friday night let me put this in perspective for you friday night within i don't know probably a 10 mile radius probably smaller we had Super kicked running, Destiny running, Smash running, and Ring of Honor running. Ring of Honor had a shit draw by the sounds of it, but st I heard they still drew over like f they drew somewhere around fifteen hundred, right? Which isn't great for them. For any of us, we'd be lo doing backflips. But all the shows did great. I thought it was super cool that at Super Kicked, Del Bruno was main eventing, and at Ring of Honor. Alex Shelley was main eventing. And if that isn't poetic, I don't know what is. And if you don't know the history of them two, if you like Alex Shelley, you have to like Alessandro Del Bruno because they're one and the same. Del Bruno does Shelley better than Shelley. You know how Jay Lethal does the impersonation of Ric Flair better than Ric Flair? Del Bruno does Alex Shelley better than Alex Shelley. The only thing Alex Shelley has uh, one up on him from is... He's innovating all the time, and he always brings out something new. So, I guess Del Bruno's always that one step back, because how can we rip something off if we haven't seen it yet? So, but I just want to kind of congratulate everyone, because we really thought, I'm saying we and I'm being vague, but a lot of the guys I talked to, we all thought, especially the Smash Wrestling portion of it all, we thought it was going to be a disaster. I think even the Smash Wrestling staff thought it was going to be a disaster. I checked it tickets because on their uh on their ticket website they had on monday morning so last monday maybe it was afternoon it doesn't fucking matter i checked tickets 
and it actually gives you a seat preview. You can see how many seats are sold. And on Monday, with the first show of that week being Wednesday, on Monday, not one show had front row sold out. Not even, I'd say maybe only Progress had 50% of the front row sold out at this point. And I saw pictures from, I think, every show. And if it wasn't close to all seats being full, it was right there. And then, I believe, Progress packed it, Smash packed it, Smash vs. Progress packed it. Uh, the OWE show did great. Everything did great. It's fantastic, man. It's exciting. I remember when I first started, like 15 years ago, probably 17 years ago now, 16, and talking to like independent wrestlers at the time, and they were like, a busy month in Ontario was like two shows, oh, two shows a month. That was a pretty good month. We're getting two shows a weekend at minimum. We are living in the glory days. Much like it's the glory days of global warming right now, you know? It's actually teetering on possibly too hot, but that's because of the fucking humidity. If we had a dry heat, we'd be loving it. Because that way, if we were hot, we'd just go in the shade and it cools down 10 degrees. No. In Canada, where we get the worst of all seasons, we go outside and we're just wet. It's like the morning dew never leaves. But I'm getting off track. We're living in the glory days of professional wrestling. History books will be written about this point in time. We got AEW all out in a couple weeks. You know? We had NXT and SummerSlam. By the way, that was in town. Did I leave that out? I think SummerSlam sold out. NXT didn't. But we knew that wasn't going to happen. They still probably got 10, 12 thou. I'm sure the upper deck was a little bare, but it's just unbelievable, right? And then we had Raw and SmackDown. I keep forgetting shows. Insane. So it's a time to celebrate. It's a time to relish in what we have, because it will be gone one day. This bubble, if history's taught us anything, which that's a bad uh, example because we've never seen this before, especially in this area, but I think it's only logically logical to realize the bubble can't continually get any bigger. It's like the housing market. It has to burst, okay? Our 2008 housing crisis is coming for pro wrestling. So let's just love it. Every second, every morsel, we have it. Let's enjoy it. Because at one time, it's going to be gone. Maybe not totally. But just the accumulation of shows we have right now the talent we got it's just the variety everyone's kind of bringing their own product product these days too lucha to's doing something that destiny isn't you know super kicks doing something that smash isn't it's a fun time everyone's in their groove um i think puff slept yeah puff slept over last weekend as well so he slept over that friday night that we recorded the podcast. And then last Friday night, after Superkick, he he crashed at my place. If you're looking like, was it Rick Martell when he got introduced to the ring? They were like, making his summer residence in Tampa, Florida, wherever they'd say. I can't remember if it was him. Puff's weekend residence is my basement. I'm currently in his bedroom. He's probably pissed at me. He's not home right now. But who knows when he shows up. It's Thursday right now, so he can show up at any time. Um, He slept over... 
Uh, we got home. Oh, let me take you through. Let me take you. I'll, I'll stick to wrestling for a bit. Then I'll get sidetracked on my bullshit stories. And then I'll look at the clock. And hopefully we're at about an hour. And if not, I'll ask myself some questions. Or we'll uh, say, hello, Wildcats, once more. So if anyone's curious as to why I wasn't... I'm branded a Smash guy. And I'm fine with that. I'm looked at when as a Smash guy. Uh, I'm fine with that. I don't know if it's totally true. I wrestle for Smash. I'd say Smash is my home company. By proxy, if that makes me a Smash guy, I understand it. But at the end of the day, and I mean no offense to anyone if Seb's listening or anything, I'm an independent professional wrestler. Smash just gives me the majority of my bookings, right? But I do, I do call them home. Absolutely. I'd be crazy not to. But if you thought it was strange that Smash was in conjunction with like six other shows last week and I didn't wasn't at any of them, let me set the table for you right now. Show you show you all the cards I have and then take you through my way of thinking. So, forever ago when this got announced that or before when Seb was talking about doing this, he had mentioned to me he's going to try to get me on Smash versus Progress and possibly Progress and possibly OWE. And I said that's great. No problem. If you can do it, great. And if you can't, I understand. He's got a lot of people to deal with. And then Smash Wrestling's Super Showdown, which is their WrestleMania show, got announced. And uh, we had just run, won some tag tournament that gave us a shot at the tag titles for Super Showdown. All great. The only issue is the champions being Halal Beefcake. Them being great guys, but they're heels. And heel versus heel at a big show, I just, I wasn't looking forward to it, right? There wasn't going to be any heat. It probably would have been a fine match. I love Joe. I love Idris. They're both, nothing against them, you know? It's just, it's two heels, button heads. It's never that great, you know? I think that was the issue with Shayna versus Mia Yim on NXT. I've been hearing, seeing that match get a lot of flack online for any amount of reasons. I think it's because we didn't have a distinct baby face in the match. Nobody really cared. Mia Yim kind of, she was more on the heel side of the spectrum than anything. So it was kind of just a flat match, and that's exactly what I was fearing before. So then it got told to me that we're going to add Fight or Flight into the match, so now there's a baby face tag team in it. I was like, yeah, that makes sense. And the idea being, I'm not exactly, I can't totally remember, but like I said, I'm exposing the business right here. I'm going to tell you all my plans because I'm going to tell you the plans I tried to make happen and it didn't work and where I went. But the idea was I was going to cut a promo saying we're cashing in, but somehow I'd get fight or flight involved. I'm not, I can't exactly remember how. And then when we were to lose that match, kill screen was going to jump me and get me out of the group which i totally understand that's where the story naturally progresses to that's where i had already always envisioned it going i just thought it was premature and it was the wrong time wrong time being because shane saber and mark wheeler weren't even going to be at that show so essentially i was going to be getting jumped by anthony Gaines and chris mitchell's if he was there but still it takes the the visual way when two guys are jumping one as opposed to four guys jumping one. So I just talked to Smash Management. Hi, cat. It's my cat's birthday today. Hello, Wildcat. Okay, get off. I know it's your birthday, but fuck off. I'm recording and you... My cat's so noisy. I've never had a cat before. She'll literally talk. Meow. Yeah, that's what I thought. Beat it. 
Beat it. Go take a shit in your sandbox. Where was I? Um. So I was going to get jumped and be eliminated from kill screen. And then I was going to have a brief hiatus. I wanted this brief hiatus. I'm not gone forever, by the way. If you think I'm gone forever, you're, you like the zoo. I'm just taking a brief... I feel like I've been on every Smash show for the past seven years. Not only am I tired of myself, I can only imagine how the Smash wrestling fan feels about me. You know? Absence makes the heart grow fonder. And this was just my... Like, it's not like I'm not wrestling. I'm still gonna wrestle. I'm just not gonna wrestle at Smash. You know? I'll disappear for a bit. Make people want me back as opposed to just being shoved down their throat. So I came to the conclusion... While talking to creative, as I, you know, pinch my fingers, doing the air quotes, creative, that I was going to cut a promo, and if you saw it, it's the one where I light the trophy on fire that we won from the tag tournament, and I wasn't going to be at the show. This is where I got super into things. I was upset I was missing the show. I was really upset, I, I because... At this point, I found out that there wasn't going to be room for me on these other shows, right? So by the time I made the decision to take myself off of Smash, uh, Super Showdown, I had then realized that there's not room for me on the other shows. And originally, I thought, I'll just take myself off the Smash show. I'll still wrestle once, possibly twice at that building anyways. At this point now, I realize I'm not there at all. And with so much wrestling happening in Toronto, I'm not on any shows, and that was going to eat me alive. I hate that idea. Wrestlers wrestle. And I was going to have a weekend off on the busiest weekend of the year. And it was just not sitting well with me. So my idea was, and I thought this was super creative. I thought everybody wins, but I understand why it couldn't happen. Destiny was running a show at the exact same time Smash Wrestling was running a show on Friday night. And me knowing that I'm branded as a Smash Wrestling guy, my idea was this. During Kevin Blackwood's match, I'm not even sure who he'd wrestle, doesn't matter. Maybe even after the match, doesn't matter. I would come in alone and attack Kevin Blackwood at Destiny. Hopefully getting a reaction, people knowing that I've jumped ship, that I'm a traitor, that I don't belong there. I would then run a small program just reminding people that me and Kevin have history without ever even, you know, bringing the word Smash Wrestling up. If you know, you know, and if you don't, we're just building along. We're, we're connecting the dots now at Destiny. Just a quick two to three shows. Not even, maybe one show. Maybe the next show we'd go into it. We're now me and Kev have our big blow-off match, doesn't have to be a barbed wire match, just some kind of blow-off blood feud match to settle the feud that technically has never been settled yet. And we would do that at Destiny Wrestling. I would then lose that feud and that match like I should. That's how the story goes. The baby face would, come o would get its comeuppance. I beat the shit out of Kev for a lot of months. When he was in kill screen and whatnot, when we were feuding, and it was all leading him to hit, getting his comeuppance on me finally and winning the big one. That's the story that was being told, and it never got finished. So we would finish this story at Destiny, and then hopefully, 
I would then make my exit from Destiny Wrestling, returning to Smash in a couple months. And when I, while I leave Destiny, hopefully, I'm doing air quotes again now as well, we have made Kevin a bigger star in Destiny Wrestling, now winning this big feud, making him an even more beloved babyface in Destiny Wrestling. I would go back to Smash Wrestling as a traitor, hopefully getting real heel heat as opposed to fans playing along giving me heel heat. And now I would have great, great momentum as I'm back into Smash Wrestling. And I just felt everybody won. And I reached out to Josh Alexander, who's a good friend of mine. I sent him my idea and I said, hey, what do you think about this? Because before I go and start asking people, you know, and before I actually present it to George, if you think it's dumb, I'll just save my breath. And he said, I think it's great, except for two things. He said, I believe that George will want you full time which I understand, because why would you invest any any TV time, any money into a guy that you know is leaving soon? And, uh, fuck, what was the other reason? Oh, no, sorry, this is what Joe, so he told me that. He said, uh, George would want you full-time. And I said, I understand that. But Josh said, at the next show I see George, I'll talk to him. And he talked to him, and George said he liked the idea, except what Josh said he'd want me full-time, and two, he also doesn't want the look of whenever a Smash guy doesn't want to work for Smash anymore, for one reason or the other, it's not that I don't want to work for Smash, I was just taking a hiatus, he doesn't want the perception that anybody's welcome to Destiny, and I totally get that, so it kind of fell apart, I, was a, I wasn't heartbroken, but I thought it was just a real creative angle, I'd love to be the guy that was, because with or without them working together by using me they were by proxy working together and i i get off at the fact knowing that i could be the glue that could possibly bring those two companies together because i don't think they get along in all honesty uh that goes past any of my knowledge but i'm pretty sure uh there isn't a working relationship there and i was just kind of excited to possibly be the guy that could bring that together and it would be like a uh, a very mini, minuscule Monday Night fucking Wars type thing where this guy jumps ship here, who knows, maybe a Destiny guy jumps ship there, and then eventually maybe some kind of invasion angle. Except invasion angles are so hard because one one team, one company has to lose. That's just how it goes. So I understand why people stay away from that. I remember the Ring of Honor versus CZW feud. It was fucking awesome, but at the end of the day... I remember being on CZW fans message board and they said, yeah, we had these awesome shows. We had an awesome cage of death, but at the end of the day, Ring of Honor beat us and they were elevated and we were not. Or maybe not so much, but whatever. So I had reached out to Chris Chambers throughout, throughout all this who runs Superkicked. And I've only worked Superkick once. They've been around for four or five years. I worked for them once in their early years. It was super kicked. It wasn't fight at the time. I worked fight regularly. But when it became super kicked. I worked for them once. And me and Chambers have never had a great relationship. It was more so just hello and goodbye. I was close to Ash. And Ash is the one that brought me and Alex in. And we were working a tag team at the time. It was the Gym Rats. And that's when Alex and Chambers were working together obviously. And... So I was doing all my contact through Ash, 
like I said, I have always thought me and Chambers were a little off for whatever reason. And me and Ash had a bit of a falling out that night because I remember I gave him the friend price. I gave him a really good price to work for him. And then I think I've told this story on the podcast before. So I get there and we all go out and put out our merch and we set out our merch like we always do. And Ash comes in the back room and goes, hey, everybody, you're only allowed two to three pieces. Uh, No, you're only allowed two pieces of merch on the merch table. I don't want this looking like a flea market. So I get up and I talk to Ash privately and I said, hey, dude, I gave you like a really good friend price merch. This is when I was babyface, by the way. And I sold a lot of glasses, T-shirts, and pictures. I've always, whenever I was babyface, you know, I'm not trying to pat myself on the back or be egotistical. I always did very good merch. And I said, hey, man, I gave you a real good friend rate because, like, this, I was kind of justifying it because I'm going to make money on merch. And he said, but I'm paying you, aren't I? And I said, yeah, well, you're paying me, but not good. He's like, well, you're getting paid, so it shouldn't be an issue. And he was very stern about it, and that that, that didn't sit well with me. And then... I finally did it, and I just took, I think I just left my glasses and a picture up there. And then he told us, uh, if you sell anything, we have a super kick guy. I've never seen this guy before. I don't think he's around anymore. He's not a student that I know of anymore. He said, we'll have a uh, worker of super kick behind the merch table with you. He'll take the money. And then he'll give you your money at the end of the show. And that didn't sit well with me at all because there's no reason you need to touch my money. I understand if I'm if I'm not at the merch table. He's saying at intermission, while we're all out there, we don't touch any of our own money. It all goes through super kicked. You know, so if I'm standing there and a guy buys a shirt, I don't handle my shirt nor the money. They collect the money and then at the end of the night, night I trust them for the payoff. And that did not sit well with me with me at all because they have no right to take my money they have no right to count my money to collect it if i'm not there of course absolutely there's always somebody looking out merch but i think what ash was trying to do was trying to see who was selling the most so he could possibly see how in demand they were or if he could get a a price cut the next show because he sees how much they're making for merch regardless we had a big blow off blow up oh we got over it when I say big blow up, we were probably over it within the week, but I was never back at Super Kicked, and Del Bruno's worked there forever. And I just reached out to Chambers. I saw him at Border Town a couple months ago and talked, and we just got along great. And so I just reached out and I was like, hey man, I got nothing this weekend, and I hate that. I would love to work for you. And he said, yeah, sure, come down. You're on 100% Friday night. Thursday, I'll try to get you on. They had two shows Thursday, Friday. I went down Thursday. It was uh, Super Kick vs. Freelance. Couldn't make it on that one, but I didn't fucking care. It was great. I love wrestling. I remember the days when I was young and you weren't booked and you'd just go to shows hoping to get on. I remember getting being so nervous because I was so non confident in myself at this time. And my ability, I'd be so nervous, I almost wouldn't want to get on the show. Because then I wouldn't have that stress of performing on me. But then I just got to watch wrestling. And that's what I love. I love wrestling. Finally, that left to the point, like, I don't always like watching wrestling shows. Especially if I'm there live. I have a big urge to perform. But man, every once in a while, it was at their school. It was an invite-only type thing. It was open bar. Which is fucking insane. They had a guest list. If you were on the guest list, you could come and drink as much beer and liquor as you wanted until they were out. It was fucking awesome. And then Saturday, it was at the Great Hall. Uh, we wrestled there. It was it was just great, man. I had a fucking blast. And we were on cloud nine. Me and, like, 
driving with Del Bruno both days, it feels so good to travel with him again. I feel like uh, we haven't traveled together a lot. I don't know, traveling, it's, it's only an hour away. But it just like felt for years we were never on the same shows anymore. Or if we were on the same shows, they were literally down the street, so we didn't have to carpool together. So it feels, it, it feels like it's 2009 all over again going to shows with him again. That's great. And then, uh, so that was Thursday, Friday. Saturday, I didn't have anything. I actually had to go to uh, uh, Roslyn's dad's house, who lives out in the country, because we're, we have our big engagement party on Saturday in two days from now. And we borrowed a tent, a big giant event tent party tent from uh this guy we know because he's also he also lives in the country evidently if you live in the country people that live in the country have everything this is little known fact but i've come to learn it they have everything anything you'd ever need people that live in the country and have land they don't get called hoarders because they have a bunch of shit they just have more room to display it all so it doesn't seem so cramped but they're fucking hoarders or they get called, they're collectors. Like, they, somehow, they they get skewed in between the lines there. But they're all hoarders. They have everything. It's like, hey, I need a chimney sweep. Oh, fucking Dale's got it. I need an event tent. Yvonne's got it. I need a fucking carousel. A tractor that's 100% rusted over and can't move. And uh, fucking uh, a ski-doo. Fucking uh, Hank's got it always happens and they're all tradesmen they're all super nice guys by the way anybody that lives in the country like don't trespass because you'll get a buckshot to the face anybody that lives in the country it's that slower living it really makes you a nicer person i truly believe that they're the nicest people ever they want to help and they're all tradesmen they're either plumbers electricians or just contractors so you just know a couple if you know a couple of hillbillies in, out in the boonies, they can help you with whatever conundrum you ever get into. And the funniest part, they're happy to do it. They just want to be paid in beer and materials, right? But it's absolutely unbelievable. So all day Saturday, Puff slept over Friday night. I had to be up at 10 a.m., go to their place, set up this giant fucking tent. It said to us on the instructions, uh, it takes two to seven hours, which is a big leeway. That's five hours in between there. We had about four people, and we're like, well, we'll knock this out. There's no way it takes seven hours. So we start building it, and we get the frame up in like 30 minutes. We're like, what's going to take another six and a half hours? I'll tell you what takes another six and a half hours. Putting that big top circus tent over top of it and then bungeeing it every eight inches like it needs. It didn't take us the full seven hours, but literally that's where all the time is. But it made me think, like, man, I should buy... Like, I think chair rentals, table rentals, tent rentals, all that shit, that's a market I could get into. You know, there's big money behind that. Guy came over the other day and dropped off eight folding tables, just wooden folding tables, and I think it was 60 patio chairs, essentially, just the white plastic bullshit chairs, for like $300, okay? He dropped them off in 10 minutes on Wednesday night. He's coming back on Monday to pick them up. $300! Now, understand, you got to say, like, well, he, he owns a tra uh, trailer to do that. Yes, I understand that. So he has to own a trailer. He stores it somewhere. But if he's a hillbilly that lives in the boonies, he stores it in his garage. You know, he doesn't have a storage container. I'm really thinking about it. I think Easy e at one point bought folding chairs and rented them out to promotions. 
And he did that until, because I think every show he'd rent them out to, like two or three would get destroyed, either for fat asses or hardcore matches. But it's little things like that. Like, I'm not an entrepreneur like that. I, mean, I don't even think that. I am. I, my, my brain works in that capacity. I just don't have the hustle to keep it up, I think. I think that's more so it. I just get, ugh. Just fucking take it. Take it, IOU. I don't care. Like, I don't have that. When I come home from work, my work day's done. I like to work around the house a little bit. But other than that, man, I'm kind of just spent. But I guess that's, like, the first way of uh, starting your own business. But, like, man, the more I think about it. But regardless, uh, so I left... Saturday morning. Is this the most boring podcast in the world? I apologize. It's just a... It's literally just a journal of my week. It's like a live journal, but the audiobook version. If you're still listening, God bless you. But Puff was at my house, and I guess his radiator's overheating or something. So, I messaged him at like noon, because we were possibly going to go to NXT that night. And uh, he messages me at like noon... And he's like, hey, you going to be around for NXT tonight? And I was like, honestly, dude, I'm going to be here for a while. Because we didn't just have that tent to set up. We had a bunch of shit to do. And I was going to help them around the backyard uh, redo a fence and whatnot. So I said, I don't know. I got to play it by ear. But right now, it's looking like I'm not going to get home till about five-ish. He's like, all right, well, I'm going to watch Netflix in your basement, a.k.a. Puff's bedroom, and just keep checking my Google Maps and see how the traffic is because... Uh, my radiator's overheating, and it says there's lots of traffic, and if I'm sitting in it, uh, my car will spontaneously combust. So I was like, yeah, take your time. I finally got home at, like, 5.15. I messaged him, and I was like, hey, man, I just walked in. He goes, hey, man, I just fucking left. So he was here for a while. He said he turned on Spider-Man Homecoming just to have something on, and then he couldn't pry himself away from it, which I get. I'm not a Spider-Man fan, and that's a great fucking movie. It's essentially Batman versus Spider-Man. Because, what's his name? Kevin Nealon? That's not his name. What's his, what's fucking Buddy's name? He founded McDonald's? Kevin Brennan? What's his name? Michael Keaton. I was way off. Michael Keaton's the bad guy. That scene when they're both in the car, and Peter Parker finds out who Michael Keaton is, and vice versa. Amazing. Gripping. But then Sunday, so I got home, uh, I actually watched NXT all by myself, had a cigar on my back deck. It was nice because I I love having everybody over and watching, like, even last week, the night after the Office podcast, I had a bunch of people over and we watched Triple Mania on my back deck. This summer's been amazing weather-wise. It never rains, and if it does, it's for, like, 20 minutes. So we've had plenty of good nights, and uh, so NXT, it was like nobody was in the city. So I just watched it by myself, and you know what? It was fucking great. It was nice. Ross came out for a bit. Uh, I just watched it. I was marking out alone. Uh, at the end, we laid the patio cushions down and did a little, uh, well, you know, you can put it together. You know. We had sex, is what I'm trying to say. On the back deck, the lights off. We were doing it by candlelight. It was super romantic. Then I kicked her to the curb, and I watched NXT again. Lit up another cigar. It was great. Then Sunday uh, was NSW. And I told Steve Brown, he's running the Rock Pile, which I believe is the worst venue in the history of professional wrestling. I hate it. Just because a ring fits in there doesn't mean you should have a show in there. I don't care if it's free. I don't care about any of your opinions. Okay, I don't care that Fozzie played there once. Don't care. It's a shit venue. 
But whatever, Steve was having a show, and I said, I might show up, I might not. Like, I'm not confirming anything. Uh, when I do those shows for Steve, I work dirt cheap, you know. Uh, I do it basically as a favor to him. Many times he's paid me my full rate, and I've just given it back to him. So we have this, like, agreement. It's not really a money issue. I like to wrestle. I like to help Steve. And I literally washed my gear Saturday night after NXT. I dried it. I had it packed up in my bag. It was, an, it was a 1 o'clock show, so I was going to leave at about 10 o'clock, get there for 11, two hours before bell time. That's professional courtesy. My, man, my first name being Kurt, and I am a professional. Professional Kurt is C. I was going to be there on time, and I hadn't told Steve anything. I was going to go. I was hoping to work a singles match about with the Iron Cowboy, Gunner Lang, because at, at the last NSW show at the Germania Club, I told... Gunnar Lang that his match that was never supposed to happen but Steve added and I have to make work now is now going to be a dark match or pre-show match with like four minutes and I said if you don't get mad at me get mad at Steve because he added 18 extra people like I've got said before so I said I'm just trying to make the show work and he said you know what don't worry about it if it's easier I just won't come I understand so I said because you're being such a good guy and you're trying to help the show the next show at the rock pile, if I make it, I would love to wrestle you in a singles match with some time. So I was going to go, and I put my bag on the bench right by the front door. I put my sandals on. I grab my bag. As I open the door and look back at my dogs, I see them just staring at me with those big puppy dog faces. And I go, you know what? <clears throat> I'm not going. I dropped my bag. I actually threw it downstairs like Kevin McAllister does. No, he doesn't do that. Who does it? Who throws the bag in front of Joe Pesci? Very beginning of Home Alone. Doesn't matter, but that's what I did. I threw my gear bag into the basement, and I took my dogs for a walk, and I did not go to NSW. And then later on, it was SummerSlam. Brad Myers and Space Monkey came over, and I said, uh, hey, Brad, how was NSW? And he said it was shit. There was 10 to 15 people there, and... All of a sudden, I was filled with joy and knew I made the right decision. Not only that, Gunnar Lang wasn't there. So any of the, uh, as much as I love wrestling and as much as it was kind of driving me nuts, I wasn't wrestling on the Saturday or Sunday. When I heard the show I was supposed to work on the Sunday, I was never confirmed. I just said I might show up. I, I want to throw that out there. Um, when I found out the show on the Sunday was an absolute abortion, I felt fucking great. And then we watched SummerSlam. It was fantastic. And that brings us till Monday. And I don't know what's happened on Monday. Not, not much has really happened. It's just been a busy week. We've been I've been back and forth at our parents. We're getting ready for this party. It's I don't know who's invited to this fucking engagement party, but let me tell you something. It's a fucking wedding. We're not getting married, but I've it's a backyard wedding. Okay? I just want a, we never even wanted this party. Never wanted. I don't want anything. I just want to go to Vegas. By the way, my flight to Vegas next year for the wedding is leaving WrestleMania Sunday. That that was the original plan, and then I got it changed because I said, I'm not leaving for WrestleMania. And she said, okay, but where we're flying out of, we're flying out of Hamilton, and they don't fly on Monday. So now we've lost a day that week. And the only time we can get back is Friday. So it would be like Tuesday to Friday. What a great vacation that is. So I swallowed my nuts. And we're leaving Sunday morning, and as long as there's no delays, I'll get there Sunday afternoon. I'm going straight to my room. I'm watching WrestleMania all by my lonesome in Las Vegas to celebrate 
my wedding week. But this engagement party we're having on Saturday, I'm just telling you, if you're invited, I'm only saying it because I don't know who it is, uh, it's going to be essentially a mini fucking wedding. It's going to be a nice little backyard wedding, minus the ceremony. And uh, it's hard for me to like show that I'm pissed off because it's her parents that want to do it. But like, I don't want this at all. I am anti-social. Okay? I know that might be strange to a man who's has a podcast and is talking on it to himself right now for people to hear. But if I don't know you, I'm pretty antisocial. Once we break the ice, I'm fine. I, it's not even antisocial. You know what I am? I'm a loner. I like being alone. That's why I never fucking leave my house if I don't have to. Okay? That's why I was about to go to NSW and I said, <clears throat> and took my dogs for a walk all alone. I'm a loner. And by the sounds of it, there's 60 people coming to this fucking thing. And I don't know who they are. I don't know who we sent invites to. This was originally just supposed to be a party for the old people that we knew weren't going to come to Vegas. A party of six to eight. Now, we've now multiplied that by ten. We have a giant tent. We got wine barrels. We got so much shit. It's going to look gorgeous. It's pissing me off how nice it's going to look. The weather's going to cooperate. Ugh. You know what? I'm real bad at small talk. I think that's what I'm terrified of. She's. I'm sure her entire family's going to come. They're all giant Dutch people. I've met them all a thousand times. Still don't know their names. You know? My parents have never met her parents, and we've been dating for eight years. This will be the first time they ever meet. And if it goes awry... Like, I'm almost hoping it goes terrible, because that's exciting to me. A little friction is what's going to keep my pecker going. And it'll give me great podcast material. So our parents have never met. That'll be exciting. I'm going to forget everybody's names as I have to introduce them to people. That'll be embarrassing. And I just hate the fact that I'm going to be the center of attention. And I know that might sound strange because as a pro wrestler, you're a performer, but I'm portraying a character. You know? The real me, only my friends see. You know? The real me is the guy talking on this podcast. Is that dirtbag pervert. You know, my parents know there's an underlying to me. But like I've said before on the podcast, around them I don't swear. I don't talk about my pee-pee, my sex life, you know, all the vulgar things I do. I keep it pretty PG around my parents. I still act like I'm nine around them. And I know, come this Saturday, I have a bunch of asshole friends that are going to come. Mellow's going to be there, you know. And if I'm immature, Mellow's on a different level. He's just going to out me for the dirtbag I am in front of my parents. And I get to watch their heartbreak. But you know what? I'm a little excited. Regardless, I regardless how it happens, it's going to be a car accident, I think. It's going to be a great night. I'm sure I'm going to say something to piss Ross off. She's already told me, you're not allowed to eat an edible and you're not allowed to have a cigar. And you know why she said that? Not because she knows that's how I'm going to wind down. She goes, if you have a cigar, you're going to go off by yourself. And if you have an edible... That gives you an excuse to, like, wander off and act like I don't know where I am. And you know what? She nailed it. That was my idea. I was going to have a scar and be like, well, I, well, I went down the street. I went 16 houses over. I didn't want to bother anyone with the cigar smoke. 
This just makes me so happy I'm not having an actual wedding, except I have this fucking party. I know at the end of the day it's going to be great. I'm going to be so happy we did it. I just feel overwhelmed. And I feel so indebted to her parents now, because it's her dad and stepmom putting it on. They've put so much time and effort into this. Her dad is off this week, right? The party's on Saturday. He's been off every day. He's been working like a fucking dog, trying to get his backyard looking good, trying to get everything ready, been running around. And I just feel so guilty because like in ways I didn't even want this party, but I'm so, I'm so grateful they're putting this much work. I don't know. It's a weird thing. I'm a mixed bag of emotions right now. I'm kind of dreading it. And when I say kind of, I mean, I'm totally dreading it, but I know by the end of the party, I'm going to be like, that was fucking great. It actually feels better talking about it because I can't explain this to Ross. You know, I can't be like, you know, this giant party that we've been planning for months now and is now two days away. Yeah. Um, I want to cancel it. Like, that's not going to go over well. We were over there last night helping them. They, like, literally, they've just done so many. It's going to be such an adorable little thing. I wish I had more lovey-dovey type emotions in me because I might tear up at it. They've just put so much work. I can only imagine what it feels like when you actually walk into a wedding and you see how much time and effort your friends and family put together to make things happen. Holy shit, I get it now. I get why you just need that moment of just like, oh, let me just take this in. This is overwhelming. If I cry, I'm just going to jump in the pool and be like, I'm not crying! Like tears in the rain. Um, it's August 15th, which is my house's fourth birthday. That's not true. My house is actually... Uh, it's, it's a... My house is actually 100 years old, but we moved into it four years ago. Today, which goes down in history, is my top two to three worst days of my life. Uh, I'm repeating stories here at this point, and I apologize. But uh, for those listening, uh, I think I, ta I talked about this four years ago when we moved in. But we bought this house privately from her dad. When we were looking for a house, we weren't even looking. Ross was looking for a house. I didn't think there was any way we'd ever be able to afford a house. It was a pipe dream. And Ross was talking about moving out at this time, and I was just kind of nodding and agreeing with her to make her shut up because I wanted to finish the movie we were watching. And so she'd constantly look at houses, and we'd look at the price and be like, look at the down payment. There's not a chance we're ever going to have that ready in time, blah, 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 blah. And then I remember while I was going to get an MRI on my knee, her dad calls, and they start talking about a house and that's when he brings up, oh, we own a second house and we rent it out. It's her stepmom's house. Before she moved in with her dad and got married, she lived in this house and they kept it and they rented it out. They said, we'd love to get rid of it and sell it to you. Are you interested? And at this point, I was like, yeah, sure, let's do it. Again, I'm just nodding and agreeing. And then I actually went home and talked about it with my parents. And they said, they're the ones that sold me on it because they said, property is a great investment. And if it's a good deal, you got you should definitely look into it. Except there's all this big thing like, but you and Rustin aren't even married. How are you guys going to live in sin? Like a marriage certificate would stop anyone from just leaving if we wanted to. Right? Just because you're married doesn't mean you're going to fucking, you're not going to go get your dick wet somewhere else and get caught. You know, it's a stupid thing. So, we come to this house for a walkthrough. I've never seen this house before. And we come to view it. And as we come in, we meet her dad here. Because we're selling it privately. Because we say, sell a bunch of, save a bunch of money. And we come to the house. It's 5 o'clock. 
and the family is still in the house. Not only are they still in the house, they're currently in eating dinner. So we're walking around the house as just two kids are running around. I remember the, the dad's cutting carrots upstairs and the mom's in the TV room eating. I feel so awkward, you know? It smells like an old jacket throughout the entire house. I feel so uneasy. We're looking through. And, like, they have kids, so it's a messy house, but it's kid messy. You know, it's not gross. Shows us the backyard, everything. We literally do a walkthrough in five minutes. The minute we get out of the house, her dad goes, so what do you think? And Ross goes, I like it. And I was like, this is the only time I ever, like, spoke up. I was like, I don't know. I'm going to need some time to think about it. She said, okay, well, we'll think about it. We took the picture of us buying the house right then and there. We hadn't even bought the house. She's just like, let's get, get the picture. So we do the bullshit picture of us standing out in front. You can look at the picture right now and see, like, I think I posted it on my Instagram. You can see, like, the fear in my eyes of what is happening right now. I'm pretty sure I just agreed to buying a house in which, when we did this walkthrough, I swear to God, I had tunnel vision. I felt so uncomfortable with the family in here. I was just like, and they're renters. And they didn't know we were coming. Or if they did know we were coming, they didn't believe we were actually going to show up. So that was, what day? That was June 20th, I remember, because that's also the same day I got in a car accident and got in a high-speed chase because the guy stole my wallet or stole my ID. It was my dad's birthday. It was a long day. But finally, we do all the paperwork. August 15th is the day we are moving into our first house. We were supposed to move in at 8 a.m. The night before, they call Pete. and They say, hey, Pete, can we get out? We're going to ask you for here. Can we move out at 3? We want to give the house a good cleaning. Pete calls me and goes, Kurt, what do you think about that? I said, yeah, that's no problem. I get it. Okay. Rosslyn is still a new employee at Costco at this time. And there's like three days out of the year you cannot book off. And what are the chances August 15th is one of those days? So now I'm going to move into this house, our house, not alone, but she's not going to be there. I've only seen this, that we only did one viewing. I've only been to the house once, right? I have a, a brief understanding of where shit's going. So I drive a U-Haul alone. We loaded up the night before. I drive this fucking 28-foot U-Haul all alone. To meet everyone down here. Her dad. My parents are gone to the trailer. Right? Which is retarded looking back. You know, it's not like my trailer's hours away. It's by Port Dover. They were just like, ah, we'll see you next week. So it was a Friday, I believe. So I move in. I, I'm getting ahead of myself. I pull up on the side of the street because I'm too nervous to back into the driveway at this point. So I just find street parking. I pull up there and I call Pete. And as I'm calling Pete, I see him walking from the house to me. I was like, okay. So I get out of the truck and go, what's going on? He tells me they haven't begun to move out of the house yet. I go, what do you mean? I go, I don't know what. I don't know if they didn't believe us. They have not began to move. I am there with everything I own in a U-Haul ready to unpack. They have not folded one t-shirt to put away at this point i'm freaking out and when i say i'm freaking out i mean i'm silently going because that's how i blow off steam i don't know what to do 
They have one friend. Oh, by the way, neither one of them drive. Supposedly they called U-Haul and they couldn't get one and their driver left. So they have one friend driving a shitty old GMC Sonoma and now they're just throwing things into the back because we're there, right? And since it was a private cell, it's not like, I'm pretty sure you can call the city or something. There's something you can do. I can't remember. And enforce it. But since it was a private sale, there's like a lot more leeway. And we could have called the cops and stuff, but like, they have kids. What am I going to do? Just evict them from their house as everything's there? You know, I do have fucking morals. It's not, their, it's not the kids' fault the parents are fucking idiots. But also, I'm furious at her dad at this point fucking furious because how does he let this happen they said they wanted extra time to clean they have not began moving so what we did was her brother was here uh her dad was here and her brother's friend came and we basically cleared out the living room of the house we unloaded everything we own into the living room and then pete told me he said hey do you mind if they use your u-haul to move their stuff. They weren't moving far away. And I said, I don't fucking give a shit. This is what I said to him. No lie. I was like, I don't want to fucking talk to these people. Do whatever you have to fucking do to get them out of here. And Pete's just like, yeah, I understand. It's one of those moments where Pete's like, yeah, this is on me. I fucked up. And uh, so we empty our U-Haul. We start throwing their shit. Everything they own, we are baseball overhand throwing into the back of this U-Haul. I remember... We had this U-Haul 75% filled to the brim, okay? And we were working it like uh, assembly long line. Somebody was handing somebody something through the door, from the door down the stairs, down the stairs to me, and I was throwing it into the U-Haul, okay? So I was just throwing in whatever was given to me. And at some point, late on the move, I'm given kitty litter, like a full, like, in-use kitty litter box, and I remember just holding it. There's cat shit in it. And I just threw it. And it got a fucking spread over everything. I covered I covered mattresses, clothes, shoes. I was so fucking pissed. Then finally they, they move out. We get them out. I'm still pretty fucking furious. Because they took maybe 40% of the things in the house. I still have a... They owned nothing of use. They were like, there's hoarders that collect things, and then there's just people who are slobs. And they left. The fridge looked like somebody put a bomb in a pickle jar and just let it go off. There was shit everywhere. Gross fucking old vegetables, rotted cans of shit. It was disgusting. It was that throughout the house. The entire basement was Filled with shit. And I mean shit. Not literal shit, but like shit. Like landfill type crap. And I'm pretty sure the day we came over for the viewing, June 20th. Because when we came, the house was a little messy, but not bad. Two months later, August 15th, when we moved in, I'm pretty sure from June 20th, they decided we're done doing any housekeeping, any upkeep. Let's try to essentially destroy this house. And that's what they did. So they moved out with their the things they needed, and they left me with a house full of shit, shit. So now we're throwing everything we own, on, everything they own, on the back deck because it's all disgusting. It all fucking smells. 
It's all gross. I don't want any part of it. So we're throwing it all on the back deck. And we just have this one little room full of everything we own. And I remember Ross calling me at one point and being like, how's the house? And I just said, like, I think this is the worst day of my life. And I left her on that like a true asshole. I knew what I was doing. You know, it was one of those things where it's like, I'm not going through this alone. So I'm going to make you fucking lose it, too. Oh, by the way, when I threw the kitty litter into the U-Haul, later on, as they were driving, I didn't drive the U-Haul. I gave Roz's dad the keys. I said, you fucking take it. I'm not driving them now. But as they were leaving, he said, hey, have you seen a cat here? And I just remember saying, no, I haven't seen a fucking cat to him. Like, I didn't even listen to the question. Like, I'm not going to go look for things for you. Get the fuck out. So we're downstairs, we're cleaning up, and I remember my buddy Trevor, he's cleaning up spare tires that they have in the basement, because that's where everyone keeps their tires. You don't even own a car! What are you doing with spare tires in the basement? He moves a spare tire and a cat runs out. That essentially being my cat now, whose birthday is today. Why? Because we don't know when her birthday is, so we're celebrating her birthday as the day we adopted her. But I just remember... Uh, Ross coming home and, like, her not having a meltdown, it was almost like, uh, it was like watching a silent movie. And she has to kind of overact to really get her emotions across. And it was like, there was no tears. It was like, just a breakdown in silence. And I was like, yep, that's exactly how I feel. And I remember calling my, my parents called me the next morning. We made a little bedroom in the living room because the house is still full of shit. It smelled so bad. I still get whiffs of it from time to time in here when it's humid. I try so hard to keep my house smelling good because when, if you leave it, if you keep the air stagnant, that smell of just, I don't even know what it is. It's like a, it's like what an old shed smells like. Like dust and dirt and grime. We've cleaned this house so much, but you just like, it's stuck in the walls, man. But I just remember her just, it was probably the closest we've ever been at a night. I, like, we went to sleep just, like, holding each other, being like, we made the biggest mistake of our lives. Like, what are we going to do this with this? I remember we had met with our insurance agent a couple weeks prior because we needed home insurance. And I remember, and I, I, I swear, I don't believe in things. I'm not a religious guy anymore. But I swear to God when I say this. I was going through every option in my head thinking, how do I burn this place down and get all the money and just act like it never happened? Like serious thoughts. It would be, the whole house was a fire hazard. Like there was shit everywhere. It wouldn't have been the most unbelievable story that this place went up in flames. And uh, I remember at one point she had to work till like midnight that night and then her her dad left, her brother left, it's about 10, 30, 11, and I'm in this house that I now own, I'm all alone, and it's a fucking dump, and I remember just pacing the hallways, moving a couple boxes here and there, and being like, this will forever be known as the biggest mistake I've ever made in my life, and just not even knowing an end, an exit strategy anymore. Just being like, I have dug my own grave. 
I can only ma- imagine how it feels like when you murder someone, and then you have that revelation of being like, what did I just do, and what do I now have to deal with? I felt like that on a much smaller level, right? I could have killed myself that day. That's a lie. I could have killed that fucker. I think his name was Aaron. Oh, and I remember when I was home alone, because had, they had left like three hours ago, I guess they had a giant German shepherd, right? And they just let him shit anywhere in the backyard, which is fine. It's a dog. And they'd pick it up. And one of our, those giant green bins, it was thrown in the back garden. The, back, the entire backyard looked like a scene out of fucking Jumanji, the second one. Like, it, it was a jungle. When we went to go see it at the viewing, you know, the grass might have needed a little cut. We always knew the deck needed to be redone. But it looked, like, livable. At this rate, dude, it looked like fucking Death Valley. It was terrible. And they had a giant green bin full of dog shit. It must have been 400 fucking pounds. And this dog... Nothing against the dog. The dog's gonna shit. It's up to the owners. I'm not giving shit to the dog ever. But I remember being home alone, and this guy knocks on my door. He knocks and then just opens the door, because it's kind of still his house. It's not, but it still is. And he goes, I forgot the dog food. Walks in the house, goes under the sink, and just grabs it and leaves. And I remember just standing in the fucking hallway, just watching him pass me, just like, I can't believe this. Like, I should just... Just kill him right now. Kill him right now, and then hide him underneath all his fucking garbage in the basement, and just act like it was an accident. I don't even think I said a word to him. And then he left, and that cat that my buddy found, it started making noise in the basement. So I kind of opened the door, I was like, hey, here, kitty, kitty, kitty. And it came upstairs, it was ultra-friendly. Like, immediately. It wasn't really scared of me. And it started doing, like, laps on our main floor like going nuts it's like it just fucking bathed in what's that shit cats love uh pixie dust what's it called I'm gonna ask Moose what's that shit called you know it's like cocaine for cats it was like it just fucking inhaled three pounds of that shit it was going nuts and I think the reason was the German Shepherd was upstairs and whether the Ver- German Shepherd was a little rough or violent or maybe just too intimidating, the cat was just locked in the basement, stayed in the basement at all times. So now it kind of realized, holy shit, these people are gone, this dog's gone. I had this whole house to myself. It was going in every corner, just running everywhere. So at that moment, I was just like, okay, so we have a cat. We bought a house, came with a cat. Ross came home, uh, she broke down, and then she was like, all right, I gotta go get a litter box and a bunch of cleaning supplies. And then the next morning... We started, uh, her mom came over, we started cleaning stuff up. My mom texts me, she goes, how'd the move go? And I said, um, I think I I just replied, I probably still have it. I should look at it. I think I said, I think I made the worst mistake of my life. It's an absolute fucking dump. Please don't throw this back in my face and say, I told you so. And I remember my mom saying, cause that's kind of something my parents would do, be like, See, I told you, you should have got an agent and, and sold it the right way. You wouldn't have this problem. And you know what? No, it would have pissed me off. They had a point. But I just remember my mom texting me back saying, no, me and your dad won't say a thing. We'll get through this. Do you want us to bring lunch meat? <laughs> and they came. They brought lunches and sandwiches for us. We ate. And within that day, within a 24-hour period, 
we had our entire backyard was an absolute dump because we threw out everything in the backyard for now. But within that 24 hours, we have a picture somewhere, and it went from like a scene out of Hoarders to a very nice, cute little living room. And it was 24 hours of hell, but within that 24 hours, we saw the light at the end of the tunnel. It was amazing. And that's also why it's interesting because my parents, or Ross's dad and stepmom, know how angry my parents were at them on that day four years ago. And they still think we're li- they're living in that same timeline. So they think my parents hate them, which they, they were angry with them for a couple hours. But buying the house was like the greatest thing we ever did. And we talked about how much we love the house. We've, been, we've had offers to move into my grandparents' house, and we said no because we love this house so much. It's the greatest. So that tension is fun. Regardless, I've babbled on way too long. This is a solo cast, and I've gone... Have I gone... I've gone an hour and five minutes. I hope I didn't bore you. Uh, I'm kind of just... Like I always say, this is therapeutic for me. Feels good. It feels fucking great right now. Um, so your homework for this weekend is... Type in Hello Wildcats cooking instructional video. Watch his videos. I don't know how many there are. I feel like I just watched the nacho cheese one like over and over again, but I'm sure there's like three or four. Watch that, laugh at that, and uh, I think that's it for this week, guys. Hopefully I'll have a better podcast next week, and if I don't, hopefully you keep listening. If you don't, even if I get zero listeners, I'm going to keep releasing these. So it's up to your discretion to listen. All right, guys, take care, comb your hair. Uh, peace in the Middle East and let's make like a baby and head out. Peace!